Refresh your career with a blended learning course at Griffith College, a flexible study option that combines online and in-class lectures. Dublin, Cork, Limerick. Visit griffith.ie. You smell something? Put that cookie down! Hello and welcome to the Mighty Motion Picture Rangers. I'm Shane. I'm Josh. I'm Chance, though. Josh is back. We should have we should have just gone Shane Chance and been like, who is this third person? <laughs> I mean, a technically we've been back since last week. It's but like High School Musical 3, the boys are back, except it's just me, one boy. So Actually, the, boys the are way back. it's going to go boy. is that you'll mm. have had all this time off, then you come back for one week, then you go off, and then you come back for another one. That's how it's going to actually play out in terms of I have literally order. been thinking, it's been That's haunting me for so two weird. weeks ever since you said that the, we, we've recorded the top 10 and it goes there. And I'm like, wait a minute. Anyway, I wasn't here since good. the Supernova episode. So. No. <laughs> yeah. No. Oh, wow. Yeah. Holy it's like six, six weeks of podcast time. In, Without Josh. Yeah. I was working in it. Three recordings, sucks. six weeks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's got a love for retail. But we're talking, mm. what are we talking about? Ooh, it's a big mystery. Dun, dun, Have I got dun, you dun, in dun. suspense for what it's about? It's about I'm pretty myth. sure most I'm, people read the title. They friend. No, they didn't. They they go in <laughs> blind. <laughs> like bird blocks. <laughs> we're talking about mystery and suspense this week, but as always, we start by asking, what have you been watching in chance? Or what have you been watching? What have I been week? watching? Well, what you know, uh, this may or may not be the same day we recorded our top 10 so i was trying to watch a bunch of movies that came out in 2018 yeah uh i did succeed did you watch in- anything that didn't end up on your list uh well at the very least they ended up on my um thing in my doobie list the pirates band of misfits pirates, no i have well, I, I i've got it on dvd so after watching early man all i could think is i was like i'm pretty sure pirates was better than this i should watch pirates again because, yeah, early man, I, I it was very funny. Um, I'm not a big sports movie guy, so I'm sure there were references that I didn't get, but... It's a sports movie? Yeah, yeah. It, it, it? They, it's a sports movie about cavemen when they... The first cavemen discovering soccer. So it, it's it's, right. it's a sports movie about soccer things, and it's very Ugh. British. It is very British. Um, so they don't discover soccer, they discover football. Yeah, they, no, uh, you're sorry. They, they discover football. How dare you? Uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, we're all doing racist interpretations of a, a different version of British. They're white. Uh, they, they and were... we are from a British colonized country. Thank you very much. No, nah, fair enough. Um, <laughs> what else have I watched? I, um, I, I watched the first episode of um, uh, Always Sunny in Philadelphia, which you bought Excellent. me on the Thank you, Shane. Very, very, very Merry Christmas to me. Um, Did I she now watch it with you? Yeah. Well, I Did she li- like it? <laughs> I We didn't get a time to talk because I was like, oh, I've really got to go. Josh is already waiting there for me. So I uh-huh. I ran. So you had to run. But you liked it? Now. Yeah, no, I, lo- I, I loved it. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm very interested. It only gets more ridiculous gets from more there. It only gets more ridiculous. I just watched an episode where they did a Lethal Weapon 5. Yeah, no, I And there's, an, there's a debate about blackface. In oh it because God. halfway through they swap. They swap they, so Mac and Dennis play um, Riggs and Murtagh, and yeah. then they switch they roles, swap. and Mac does Murtagh in blackface, and they're arguing about how all blackface or none, no blackface, and it's 
It's so bad. <laughs> it's brilliant. It's brilliant. That is very good. Josh, what have you been watching? Yes. Oh, it's not All right. So I watched, I uh, rewatched uh, Suddenly 30 or 13 Going on 30. Oh, yeah. Great movie. Great, great little fun. Great fun. Mark Ruffalo needs more rom coms under his Yeah, belly. no, definitely. He's attractive man back in that day and still now. But yeah. Uh, great, fun little movie. I also rewatched um, the first season of Sarah Connor Chronicles. So I oh, love cool. the Terminator franchise. And the, the, the I best, love that show. And Thomas best, Decker. Thomas Decker, Lena Headey, the best sequel. Okay, we Thomas Decker has, my sister and I call it Thomas Decker syndrome, mm. where it's when their bottom eyelashes are so thick it looks like they have eyeliner. Oh, oh. like the uh, mayor from The Dark Knight. No, Commissioner from The Dark Knight. I don't know which one, but every, watch, yeah. when no, you watch yes, Thomas Decker, yes, you'll be like, yeah. has he got a lot of eyeliner? He's no, got, his bottom a, eyelashes a are just thicker than his top ones. Enough. Uh, I also rewatched the first few episodes of Always Sunny as well. So like the gang oh, is cool. racist, Charlie gets cancer, all those like great little opening like hook episodes. And I love like how ones. they their segue into the episode titles is just oh, brilliant. Even that uh, abortion episode where they like literally Charlie um, wants an abortion. Is it? I w- I looked at the the episode names on the DVD <laughs> and I was yeah. like, Jesus Christ! Yeah, no, it's literally about <laughs> Dennis being like, "Can I pick up chicks on the anti side or the pro life side?" Yeah, and then he no, goes, it's Mac. It's Mac when he no, no, it, it's Mac first, and then Dennis oh, yeah, goes, and then Dennis, and then Dennis, yeah, Dennis yeah, is yeah, like, yeah, yeah. "There's no chicks on the anti side that are good. like they all." And then Dee's just like, "Yeah, because they can smell that you're a cunt or something." <laughs> and then, then he like literally climbs a fence and then gets egged, and it's just so yeah. great. Yeah. Um, and that's what I've been rewatching besides like the films I watched for the top 10. So what have you been watching? Well, I watched a couple of things. I watched Lethal Weapon. Ooh, ah, yeah, oh, nice. I was about you to technically say, watch that how with do me? you have any time to watch anything when a friend comes over and forces you to watch it? You're welcome. Uh, Lethal Weapon, this is my first viewing. And mm. I mm. I expected it to be more like silly action comedy. I wasn't expecting it to be so hard-boiled mm. noir yeah. as it was. And I think my impression of what Lethal Weapon is meant to be is what the sequels are. Yes. More than the But you got me the whole pack for Christmas. Yes, Thank you, you very kindly. So <laughs> I shall be. And by that, I mean you should have watched them years ago, but that's fine. I should have watched them years ago, yes. But I will be watching them in upcoming weeks. Um, I rewatched Crimson Peak. Oh, great. Uh, with commentary, uh, learned some amazing things. That movie is a masterpiece. It's underrated as fuck. And Allerdale Hall is one of the greatest pieces of production design ever invented. Rest in peace. I Thomas feel like every name. time a uh, Guillermo del Toro film comes out on, you know, home video, Blu-ray, DVD, whatever, the commentaries will always inspire you to do always something. Yeah. 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 And yeah. I Although he didn't do exactly- a commentary for The Shape of Water. Oh, really? But because oh, he did so much press for it, right. there's a commentary as well. Just, just the interview he did with Baz Luhrmann. So just play it. the interviews while watching the movie. 100%. 100%. Yeah. Um, I watched a movie. This is the one I was watching to be my top 10 list because I heard really good things about it. It's called Calabar. It's a Netflix oh, yeah, yeah. That's on my thriller list as well. movie, yeah. and I thought it'd be appropriate for this because it is, it's like a Hitchcock thriller. Oh, cool. Just not shot as good as a Hitchcock movie. <laughs> Interesting performance. It's like a uh, Scottish? Sco- uh, I think it was, yeah. Scottish, UK, yeah, UK set thriller about these guys who long lost deer friends. Or something? No, they just go deer hunting and oh. one of the guys accidentally shoots a child. Oh, okay, I've heard And of they that. try and cover up the murder cool. in a really small town. And it's a really great premise. It's a really strong premise. Interesting performance, interesting script. I just thought the execution was like a, I want again, like I was saying with um Bird Box last week, not last week, two weeks, two weeks ago, ago. 
that's a genre that really lets you, and Hitchcock understood this inherently, it's a genre that you can really exercise the visual language of something more so than if you were doing a straight drama. Yeah. You can really do something with a camera and I just wanted that and it wasn't there so I felt a disconnect but a lot of other people have really dug this movie. It's well worth seeing. It kind of got buried in that Netflix where they just dump a movie and don't advertise it unlike with other things Yeah, mm-hmm. where I've seen mm-hmm. ads for Bird Box all over the fucking place. I've seen memes for Bird Box. Where so, are yeah. the caliber memes? Uh, shoot a child in the woods. Um, and then I watched A League of Their Own, which I'd never seen before. And you weren't attracted to them, so it's not a good thing. Yeah, women in, in cleats <laughs> is just nowhere near as attractive as men in cleats. But in all seriousness, did you like the movie? Because that's I love the movie. Yeah, oh, yeah. I was going to say that's really good. I think, because I know you have this weird obsession with uh, baseball movies, that's the one <laughs> baseball movie where I just love it's it. It's not my favorite at the moment. My favorite is Undrafted, though I haven't mm. seen The Rookie and I haven't seen Field of Dreams. Yeah. which are two really iconic ones that I haven't, you know, gotten around to yet. But I loved it. I thought this, and it's really interesting because the movie without like a, there's a central conflict, but it's not really about that. And yet it works kind of in the way yeah. Chef works. Yes. Yeah. 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 Um, in, in that there's no like bad guy to fight against. There's just this relate, there's them and the world. And then there's the relationship between the two sisters Yeah. and gorgeous performances all around. I especially love, oh crap, I've forgotten a name. Um, the the, sorry, the sister no 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 the oh. sister the, the Dina Davis who she oh you haven't seen Orange is the new black the new season of she's um uh M- Lolly Lo- Lo- Lorna she's like the blonde one with glasses who's uh, mentally ill in 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 she has such a tragic story in in um Orange is the New Black because they're not they treat they they put her in with with people who are sort of mentally Lori Petty. Lori Petty that's wait the, is it actually I was totally yeah, guessing yeah isn't that her I, name I don't know she's the one from Tank Girl. Yes, yes, oh. yes, 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 yes. Who counts the wins um, for a show and she's that she's a phenomenal seen. performer. And I just like, I think there's something about baseball that's weirdly dynamic visually. Mm. There's the diamond shape, the sliding for the things. It moves, but like, I mean, I cannot imagine an enthralling golf movie. You can have a golf comedy uh-huh. because you're being absurd about something so and serious. And they never played golf on those. Challenge accepted. I will make a golf drama. I don't that's know what it's about in, yet. Enthralling. There is a movie about Tiger Woods, but it's about him. Uh. Moving away and making oh. amends with his wife. There's a blacklist yep. script. Um, and then, so yeah, that's that's all I've sort of want, uh, oh. watched. So, uh, mystery and suspense. What is the difference between mystery and suspense? Hold on. Oh, yeah. My oh, yeah. Bring up your notes. I'm I was going to say, I have, I have my spiel and I'm going to maybe embarrass myself and do a Hitchcock impression. Ooh. Oh, please. <laughs> There's a very the jowl famous, in. There's a very famous uh, Hitchcock quote, and there's an interview. You can actually find it. We'll put links in the show notes because yeah, he kind of does it really better. Oh, I but, think I know what you're going to talk about now. Uh, okay, let's see if I can. The difference between mystery and suspense. A mystery is an intellectual exercise, sort of like a whodunit. Uh, and suspense, you give the audience the information, you see. And I won't go on, but I can do the full lot. He, go, he goes on to use the example. So mystery uh, and suspense. That was uh, better than Anthony Hopkins. In that <laughs> well, Anthony Hopkins isn't trying to imitate, whereas I'm just straight up copying. I was still impressed. And he would go, you hey. Like he adds you see to the end of every sentence. You're speaking with your jowls, which is how you got to do it. Only Richard Nixon Hitchcock could do it. Yes. I am not a crook. That specific monologue he has about suspense is 
what I always go back to when I've written something. And, yeah. and it was Pat's fault because mm-hmm. I, I wrote I wrote Tinder Sucks, sent it to Pat. And Pat was like, that's great. Listen to Hitchcock's speech. And I was like, oh, right. Yeah, because I've pretty much gone. Yeah. And he the uses and the, the example he goes, and it's a very famous example mm-hmm. now, is two men. Uh, he says two men talking about, I don't know, baseball or something. <laughs> and then uh, he says the conversation goes on for about five minutes. All of a sudden a bomb goes off. Yeah, You've got maybe... 10 seconds of shock and then, you know, stuff goes on. Now let's rewind and take the same scene and you show the audience the bomb under the table. Mm. Now all of a sudden this banal conversation about baseball becomes really important because the audience are yelling, look under the table, there's a bomb. And then just before it goes off, they find it and they throw it out the window. He says, you don't ever let it go off inside because he did that in one movie and he never elaborates which movie it is. But that's suspense. Suspense is yeah. it, it yeah. All, all surrounds the, the doling out of happen. information mm-hmm. and uh, exposition. When I wrote Lace, that was specifically why I was adamant we had to open seeing him with the thing. You, you see it, you see it all, and then you cut to the, the two together. So you know, oh, it's there. It's yeah. always there. I know it's there. Don't do the thing because she'll find the thing. The... I don't know if it worked. Uh, yeah, yeah. And and a mystery is inherently a question you're yeah. asking, but a, a really big plot question. And it's usually a question one of the characters is asking and that character is usually the audience surrogate. Yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a, mystery is a harder one to do well. Suspense yeah. is sort of, I mean, Hitchcock never liked mysteries. He said he only ever did one mystery and I believe it was The Trouble with Harry. Mm. Um, and he didn't like that. He likes suspense because he likes playing with audiences' emotions rather than their intellect because yeah. it's always a stronger reaction. No, yeah, but course. I think mystery can be good, as we will discuss further. Did you have your notes? Uh, yeah, it was just um, sort of going on that point. It's just like it, it says here, it's sort of like into do writing as well, writing these um, two different like elements. Drawing elements. Well, like, we'll be talking about writing a little later. Did you want to save it for that or? Uh, I can, but it's sort of it's it's not like too deep. Oh, it's okay, just right. like overall, like what we're saying this is like mystery. If it's like a violent act, the violence occurs before the story begins. Spence will be anticipating it would happen. Yep. Um, if the if it's a, it's about a question, the anticipation. Anticipation. Um, if it's like sort of like a question within a narrative, it's like who's in mystery is like who's responsible and then suspense is how can the crisis impending crime be averted or like can yeah. it be averted at all? And it's just sort of like the appeal to like the audience would be for mystery. It's an appeal to the intellectual curiosity and then for suspense, it's to the heart to the worrying concern. So yeah, sort of like that. So how does it apply to different genres? I mean, the obvious well, is thriller and action movies, yeah. mystery and, and suspense, are like horror as well. Co- and you horror, can, you yeah, can yeah, yeah. But then again, like I say, I think it is a tool that you can use in any genre. Yeah, yeah, and as especially, a story. especially comedy, comedy is also comedy. very yeah, huge. Comedy, yeah. And what's funny, someone—I can't remember who compared it, but they said comedy and horror are almost the same genre. Replace a scare with a laugh, yeah. and that is the difference. Absolutely, and it's like it's really kind of true. Um, uh, you know, especially in terms of form. Yeah. Uh, I, I, you know, uh, a really great example of suspense, comedic suspense is in some like it hot. The audience are given information and usually it's the audience have information that not all the characters, not necessarily the main characters because often the character hiding a secret, secret identities in the superhero, you know, oh my God, that should be on your top five if you haven't written it in Spider-Man. Oh, right. Yeah. Bedroom scene or even the dinner table scene. Yeah. But yeah. 
um, uh, some like it hot. The audience know they're men. No one else does. Yeah. And it makes for some real, it makes all the comedy. And what's great about it in some like it hot is it, that makes that comedy not date. That movie is like 70 years old now, mm. 50, 60 years old now, yeah. has not dated in terms of those laughs. Cultural references date and they will date really fast, but some of the best comedies are based on the situation they are yep. in the, in the, with the information that is presented to the audience. <laughs> and that's what makes some like it hot for me, one of the best comedies ever made because mm. it hasn't dated yep. because the comedy is based around suspense yes. of that kind of thing. Uh, Sister Act is another one. <laughs> yeah. She's not a nun. We know that she knows that the cop knows that no one else knows that. Oh, and the mother superior knows that uh, a simple favor is a good example of a yeah. mystery surrounding like a mystery. There's this thriller comedy genre that's kind of come in. Game Night's another one. Yeah. Um, Shane Black are all comedic thrillers. Yeah. All thrillers. comedic yeah. thrillers. Also in drama, people have secrets and those secrets cause conflict. Mm. And it's and sometimes the audience is privy. You know, you know, there's the cancer drama where the person's dying and they're not telling someone or the cheating yeah. thing or the, like suspense in terms of information that is and isn't given is kind of a really, you know, like you said, it's a really great tool. Uh, what have I got here? Sorry. I'm just, uh, dramas often build around people's inability to communicate. Yeah. But yes. the audience yeah. is in on yeah. what is not being communicated. And that's why we find, that's why we find tragedy really mm. engaging because we're like, but you could have just done this. Like the mist. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and mystery is often big in epic genres. Uh, there's a really great video essay that we'll put in the show notes about how Harry Potter, every Harry Potter is hinges on a mystery. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Every of the books, but even the movies to one extent, the Philosopher's Stone, the mystery of that, the Chamber of Secrets, who is the killer? Investigative curious Number three, children. the prisoner of Azkaban. Yeah. Uh four is the Goblet of Fire. Who put his name in? Yeah, yeah, who put his name in? Five is the Order of the no, Phoenix. Sorry, you didn't say that right. It was Who put his name in the Goblet of Fire? Goblet of Fire. Calmly. How are the uh, levels on that saying? Yeah. <laughs> Spicy. <laughs> um, and while it can often be like a less mystery, like we said, it can be like a lesser thing and it's often used badly, i.e. now you see me. Yeah. 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 I will admit that's all I've been thinking of this entire time. <laughs> when it's done right, it can be effective because it's yeah. usually not the linchpin. The, who is the the chamber who is who is the chamber <laughs> who is Slytherin's heir is not the linchpin of the thing it no. is something that they hang character development over uh so how does it apply to writing well to writing here I've, I've already said my piece about suspense uh, I, <laughs> it's the bread and butter of writing yeah no is, absolutely because it, it you can give a boring scene yeah a lot like people talking about baseball now there's mm. a bomb oh shit now we care about it yeah. i feel like you could make most scenes interesting if you just add a bomb yeah yeah it's, it's about like putting your like for writing like what is writing is, is a novel or is in film this is like putting your characters that you actually care about in jeopardy or in this situation you yeah. need to like, make sure your characters like i cared about or cared for with s- with screenplays it's actually quite hard to do on the page yeah because you have to almost and i've kind sort of, of learned it. this language off some of the more uh, Brian Duffield scripts yeah. and things mm. where you're literally stylizing your your line breaks and things to build a, a sh- you, you, build your sentences idea. become more clipped. You do that to build tension in the way that they're reading it yes. in their head because you can't present it the way you present it cinematically, which yeah. I find is really interesting. In mine, um, what my door thing, what the fuck is that? Um, oh, <laughs> I have a scene, sorry, in the horror script I'm writing where <laughs> the my home gets thing. broken into and people kidnap people in the house. Yeah. 
And the opening of a thing, we see them close the door and specifically lock it. So I highlight that in bold. Yeah. And then they come back to that. And in the scene, I just make a note of saying the door is ajar. And so the audience are aware of that thing during a more banal conversation. And then we reveal the people in the house and then there's a kidnapping kind of thing happening. But I found while writing that, I'm like, this isn't the most effective way to do this on the page, but I am directing it. Yeah. So I don't need to, I know what I'm going to do and how I'm going to shoot it. You need to sell it and you need to get money for it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, suspense gives the page and the narrative a lot of forward momentum. So it's not just someone asks a question, gets an answer, move to the next scene. Yeah. Which is what I've done before (laughs) all the time. Um, My worst scripts are when it's, Someone asks for information, gets the information, cut to next scene, more of that. And I always fall into that trap because yeah. I'm a dialogue heavy kind of person. Mm. So it's a big trap to fall into when you're writing. Yeah. And it's also in writing too, it's about like keeping, like include promises and keep them. So if you're going to promise something in terms of like dialogue, like when I get I, home, I'm going to see my wife. The first thing, you know, in a war movie, I'm going to yeah. see my, no, sorry. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. It's sort of about like, Keep it as promise, especially in suspense. If you're like gonna layer in hints oh. or layer in in the mystery, if you're gonna layer in red herrings or layer in these little clues, if you keep the keep the promises that you make, and oh, best use of red herrings is mm. in searching. Oh, really? That really? had some great red herrings. Mm. And then for mysteries as well, I think it's like important because it says it's sort of like keep the violence as much off screen as you can. So if you want to get the readers or get anyone the audience um, involved in a mystery it's about sort of dumping them in in the middle not seeing every single act so it gets yeah. repetitious it's sort of about yeah. being like what's when is it going to happen next it's, how is it going to happen it's always the difference between Agatha Christie and Agatha Christie imitators yeah and you can yeah. see it so clearly they so, miss the point of her genius they, think, they miss what she did so well which mm. wasn't a mystery. Everyone thinks how she dealt the selling points of mysteries and suspense is like is who just, did it. But we've seen enough crime shows who, now that we can it. almost always guess who did it. If or it's showing done. everything. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So how does it apply to directing? It's really about again, like you said, it's if it's not um, evident on the page that you should care about your characters. It's really about crafting characters that you care for and showing that in the visual language and showing their world and showing how they operate in their world mm. in, in their own and showing their logic of how mm. they operate because if they have a believable logic then we can believe them making mistakes too that doesn't fit in with the mystery or the suspense like they can mm. make a mistake that makes sense throughout the whole entire film and it's like and, yeah. and, and a big thing with um with, with suspense and directing specifically film yeah. is showing not telling yeah. because in showing something you can show something that the people haven't seen like yeah. um we talked about in the top 10 assassination nation takes mm. this home invasion sequence from outside the house yeah and you're so you're seeing people hiding behind curtains against the window because we're looking from the window from the outside right brilliantly brilliantly done how you shoot is so vitally important yeah. to creating suspense mm-hmm. i mean the hitchcock thing you show the audience the bomb but framing things they, I've seen some really cool things where you frame things around, like in Assassination Nation. There's the bit where you, there's the Tight gun framing. and the wall on the other side, and they do they do one of my favorite really ostentatious camera moves. But I adored it. Actually, I was gonna. It's it's this is a reference to my list later on. But Grand Piano, just yeah, a, yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. Um, framing things around corners so what there the audience is. can see, but not the character, because mm-hmm. then that gets us that gets that moment where they lean forward and they're like, "No mm-hmm. shit," mm-hmm. you know. Uh, intercutting, 
So using the edit to intercutting rhythms to build tension and suspense, that yep. ratcheting up towards the end act of a movie, yep. withholding one thing while giving away another. All of these tips are things you can do and you don't even need money to do them. It's just making sure there is a choice behind <coughs> what your camera is doing, Absolutely. what you're cutting to. It's not just let's see the plot. No, yeah. It's how are you looking at the plot is just as important, I think. So, And I think what makes like the Now You See Me films really terrible is they've always been like, I'm going to try and be... We're, the audience is never going to figure out the mystery. We're going to be yeah. too smart for that. Yeah. So well, that that's, just that's, includes that's, stuff that's off screen that we don't know about. There's no yeah. layering of clues. Yeah. So that's like in, segues perfectly into yeah. good and bad use of mystery yeah. and suspense. I think when when the movie hinges entirely on a twist, mm. yeah, uh, that require and and it's see a good mystery and Agatha Christie knew this. All the clues should be there, so you should technically be able to figure it out on mm. the first go. Yeah. And the genius of the writing is in the fact that no matter what you do the first time you go through, you will never figure it out. And then the second time you go through, you go, son of a bitch, it was right fucking there. Yeah. And that is the main problem with Now You See Me is they deliberately hold a piece of information that you need to figure, to, out, to, the figure, to, to figure out. out the mystery. Yeah. You will never figure out the mystery until they reveal it. And it feels cheap. It feels mm. gimmick. You feel the hand of the writer at work, which in a, mis- in a, in a genre like mystery – that's the last time, the last place you want to feel that because then yep. you feel ripped off. Um, it would have got with suspense. If it, you like, you were saying before, if we don't care about the characters, it doesn't matter how it doesn't matter how many bombs you've got in the fucking room. Yeah, you know we're not going to give a shit who gets. As we blown do up. know, the more bombs, the more suspense. Yeah, yeah, and you and can do it. You can do it really well in a very short amount of time. Yeah. Ava DuVernay at the beginning of Selma mm. is such a strong opener mm. and then does it, there's, there's a bomb. It's based on a true story. It's based on a true story, you know, but if you're not a hundred percent keen in history, you might not get it or you might only just get it. You're not, you're waiting for a moment and it is kind of antithetical to the Hitchcock thing, but she keys you into the characters enough that a bomb goes off and you're like, fuck, you know, it's really, really good. Uh, what have got? It, um, it doesn't matter what they face in terms of unseen threats that we know. Uh, often a bad reveal can deflate the entire suspenseful moment oh, as well. Yeah. Like a bad, oh, but it was this. I think that's what killed a lot of people off of the village is that the reveal is very, yeah. it makes yeah. a bigger deal out of something that's not that clever. And it's something that I love in game night that I know a lot of people didn't like was a lot of people like <laughs> Michael C. Hall came out of nowhere. And I was like, no, they set him up early on going, oh, the Russian, the vaguely European country. And, uh, yeah, and, that, and, and you specifically never know who that person is throughout the whole movie. It's so a Harry Lime in, in The Third Man. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's oh, a Harry, it's Lime. Harry Lime. Harry Lime, Harry Lime. You just keep hearing Harry Lime and it, make, it gives him one of the best entrances. It's what I tried to do in Red Curtain Hell. Yeah. Now available on Vimeo yeah, On Demand. demand. <laughs> hey, that's vimeo.com slash on demand slash Red Curtain Hell. <laughs> Use the code Pitcherange to get 20% off your purchase or rental. Yeah, carry on. Um, <laughs> uh, I have for the first entire this giant long tracking shot, it's Harrison. Have you seen Harrison? Harrison's on a rampage. Harrison this, Harrison. You hear Harrison's name a hundred times. So when he makes his entrance, it's like, oh, okay, this yeah. is the thing that's going on. So we, we spend about nine, 15 minutes mm. of everyone in the whole movie talking about Harrison before he shows up. That's how you did the trailer as well, wasn't it? The trailer was just- No, Har- Harrison's kind of straight up, you know, he's like- oh, No, you see Harry and Dick and then you just see all the people going, Harrison's on a bit of a rampage. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. 
would have got uh, well that that works into what what ways have we worked with those principles in our own work? Uh, I I've already said that with like specifically with my most recent short lace. Um, but every time I write now, I've got to go back to that suspense monologue and go, all right, how can I work suspense into this scene? What can I tell the audience, not tell the characters to build this scene? Mm. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of moments that I use it in pizza, but See, I, I wish I, I think personally, I lack a lot of doing it in a single scene. Yeah. I need to work on that because I use intercutting like a motherfucker, especially with Red Curtain Hell. And I do a lot of cool interesting things. I set up secrets that the audience are privy to. The audience are privy to everyone's secrets in the movie. And then it's you're watching, you're gleefully waiting for the clash between this person and you're waiting for Natalie to find out what the fuck Roman's doing. And you know she's on the wrong path for like almost the get-go. Yeah. Um, And I I do that with intercutting and and you're setting up reveals, you know, Simon and his mum. Mm. Oh my god! I just realized that character's name is Simon, and there's love Simon, and it's just oh god! Don't no worry, you, you, you didn't do it before. You, you did I did it, it before. before. Yeah. I did it before. Um, mystery is easy enough, I think, to do, but I often do it really poorly, and at least I don't make it as engaging as it could be. I want to do. I really want to do a whodunit, yeah, because I really want to try and exercise that muscle and do it. Well, I've written a whodunit and it was a steaming pile of shit. Zane has read that script ooh, ooh. <laughs> and it is not good. Wait, which uh, one's this? This is the murder mystery at a 21st birthday party oh, right. where yeah, the no, birthday boy that. shows up dead, rocks up dead about halfway through the night and then everyone's like drunk and on drugs and they're like, shit, let's solve it ourselves. And, and it just didn't, I don't know. It just, and I couldn't rewrite it. It was just one of the scripts I got out of my system and then I went on to other things. Mm. I stole a lot of the, multiple character things from that and transferred them to Red Curtain Hell. But I want to revisit the the whodunit yeah. genre quite a bit. Um I reckon we had we had a cool idea for a Christmas one from the other. Yeah, the, the, the well. Christmas yeah, you'll have to listen to the Christmas episode. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Josh, what about you? Uh so I haven't really played much into the mystery film in terms of scripting, but um in terms of layering suspense, it's sort of I think I've also really really relied on just cross cutting. Really you do a lot of things unsaid as well. Yeah, things unsaid. Um, so like, I mean, your your first sort of main film is a d- yeah. dramatic piece, and yeah. so there's a lot of characters repetition of like that refusing to say things that refusing. they need to say. Mm. Um, which yeah. a lot of great old classic, like the apartment, the apartment sort is of a movie that hinges on communication. Yeah, big key. Yeah. yeah, the entire of Spielberg's filmography is about people's inability to communicate. Yeah, His whole filmography, ET. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> close yeah. encounters. The terminal, Krakoja, you know, it's, yeah. it's, they're all built on the inability to communicate. And he, yeah. there's a great doco called Spielberg on the Spielberg. Uh, he just goes through his filmography, but up until whatever the hell it was. Um, even Ready Player One, the whole thing was that, uh, uh Ogden, Ogden Berger, whatever his name is. Hey, that never ended up on anyone's top 10 list. No, no. Oh, it, it, wonderful. <laughs> it wasn't even my, in my honorable mentions because I, I liked it fine, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing. Um, but yeah, no, the, the Ogden Berger c- couldn't communicate with anyone. He was clearly autistic. Yeah. And so he created this whole gaming thing and the whole message at the end was fucking communicate dickheads. Yeah. 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 The movie. Well, I think that's it for our topic for mystery and suspense. I hope it's been mysterious and suspenseful. For sure. No, we've just been telling them stuff. 
This has been uh, terrible. People have been coming to this podcast asking questions. We're just giving them answers. I know. It's like yeah, every it's... script you've ever written, Shane. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, so I thought we'd do our top five most suspenseful scenes in movies. Yeah. I'll, uh, I'll go first. You go first. Because yeah. I, th- I think number five is obvious. It's in Rocky Horror when uh, uh, the oh. anticipation. No, we're not leaving dead air. I was leaving dead air for like five minutes, and you're no, that's not really on my top five because I thought of a really good one. Um, It's legend. Wait for it. No, he doesn't. Yeah, no, no. Um, So number five is because I was trying to think of anywhere in the mission, like a really good Mission Impossible moment. But the one that gets me is in in the most recent one, Mission Impossible Six. The moment. He land to get Henry the bomb. Cavill's mustache. Yes, oh, I'm like, yes. when's it gonna leave? Uh, <laughs> no, no, it was the the whole bomb sequence, the whole third act. Oh yeah, it just it just layered on layered and layered. And yeah, I made the joke before that more bombs don't make, but more bombs, more suspense. And then McCoy was shooting the segment with um, Elsa and Peg, like mm. literally diffusing that bomb. In the yep. like last fifteen minutes of shooting of the final day, and oh then, wow, like, and they shot in like time. fifteen minutes. Yeah, they go oh, like wow. go over time, and they're getting this coverage, Imagine and like, they're the actually suspense. stressing each other out. <laughs> great, brilliant. But no, that was a perfect ending. I was yeah. Like, no. Um. So my number four is, uh, it's a tie between Bird Box and Hereditary. Whole movies. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, well, with uh, Bird Box, it's more the whole movie where it's the in the future in the present or whatever, not the past. So when they're- Mystery or suspense? Suspense. It's suspense. Uh, when they're trying to go down the river. The only part that I say- Will she or won't she kill the shitty yes! child? I, I I was genuinely, like, there was a point where I'm like, oh God, she's actually going to kill her. This is great. Because yeah. like the, the moment they re- revealed that, oh, she's not a daughter. Do you know what I thought? I mm-hmm. thought she was, I thought- at one point, I thought the kid was going to look and then turn into one of those crazy people. And, oh, it turns out the kid's oh, a the kid sociopath. Was crazy the whole time. <laughs> um, yeah. But Hereditary, I think the moment, like I think the whole fucking movie, but the moment was when the thing happens in the car. And then he comes yeah. And he comes home. And it's, it's just him bed. in bed. Yeah. And you're like, where the fuck is this going to go? Where the fuck? going to. Oh, and Jesus, the, the payoff was harrowing. Um, my next one is Lethal Weapon. The yep. first one, yep. suicide, uh, the, the, the opening with um, Mert Riggs um, with this, the gun in his mouth. Mm. And I found when watching this, I know there's four other movies and yet they played it really honestly yeah. in, in a way you almost believe it could happen. Yeah. Mm. No, I, I, I really did. It's great. Um, my number two is from Spider-Man Homecoming. It's Ooh. the car scene. The oh, entire dude. car scene yeah. with the vulture. Oh, yeah. yes. Great, which, great oh, scene. Edge of my seat stuff there. Um, and my number one, which I literally thought halfway through when we were talking about the different genres you can use, <laughs> it's Love Actually when Alan Rickman buys <gasps> the thing and she finds the, it in her pocket, she finds it. She looks so, ha- she's so happy. And then and the fuck. suspense from that. And it, it occurred to me, I'm like, that whole thing is suspense. That, that shit is. Even oh. you know, it's actually suspenseful is uh, where, um, uh, what's his name? Oh, uh, Mr. Bean, Mr. Mr. Bean. Bean. Ron yeah. Atkinson. Ron Atkinson. He's like, you know she's would you like be bag? ready in the flashiest of flashes? flashes. <laughs> everything about about that sequence was so intense. And especially when 
she unwraps it mm. and and so you now know that she knows but he doesn't and yeah. then the entire movie plays out and I forgot that she actually confronts him and I was sitting there going fuck is she, is she going to confront him cuz she has to confront him one of the him. best scenes like of her oh. like crying and then composing herself for her children yeah. yes. it's oh like my what god the hell? Oh. Can't do it. Go on, Josh. What's your top five? Okay, thank you. Um, My number five is Grand Piano, as I mentioned before. Literally, literally from the moment, like like, Cusack's in his ear. Whoa, whoa, spoiler alert. That's the mystery. (laughs) It's Cusack. (laughs) Yeah, where's Cusack? Um, So we've discussed this before. It's also Uh, a mystery, too, because you're wondering why. Yeah, why? Literally, why is he doing this? Oh, yeah. Yeah, And it's actually kind of a fun reason why. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. For something so intense, it's such a fun. Yeah. Uh, number four is Psycho. I think it has a lot of good moments from which yes. moment. But it's the one where she's in uh, the sitting room with Norman. And what's great is to people watching that first time, yeah. they just find it weird and odd. They don't yeah. know the suspense of it, and then the they, second time, it becomes because so it's, it's immediately before that scene. But also, even watching the first time, just the the dynamic shifts of like the power shifts of how, like the angle. You're looking at my. I am looking at you because I think we're gonna have a crossover on one oh, of them. Oh yes, nice. Um, so yeah, just the dynamics of like that scene itself and how the power shifts change. I really love it. Number three is Alien. Uh, cool. It's when Captain Dallas is in the air docks. We will see this again. <laughs> it's getting closer. It's getting closer. It's right on top of him. And then swish round, boom. Yes. Yeah. yeah love it. Uh, number two is Sansa the Lambs when Clarice is in the basement. The vision, the night vision, the night vision sequence. Oh. And she's literally reaching around in the dark. It's just terrifying. He reaches out for her. Love it. And number one is from Sicario on the road when they're in like on the, the border the crossing. Border crossing, border crossing scene at, like have exploding. you seen Sicario Chancellor? No, I haven't. Oh my God. And then, I'm a like, junk person. Brilliant. Benicio Del Toro is like, get out your gun. Like, get out. I'm like, Whoa. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's from the trailers, but the trailers didn't spoil it too much. I was like, no. hoping it didn't. And then it was so much more. I was no. like, so amazing. And your top five. My top five. Number five is Alien, Dallas and the Shaft. Yeah. This yeah. got me to, ju- this is one of the very few the giant jump scares that I've had, but it only works because of the suspense that's used to build up Absolutely. to it. If it was a sudden shock in the thing, it would play so and, bad. And that's what they've fucking done in other alien Calling movies. out my uncle as well, because the first time I watched this, I was like eight years old. And then that scene came on and he knew exactly when I was going to jump. And then he grabbed my shoulders and literally shook me. Yeah. And, I, and, I'm like, and I'm like, ah. That, that's the best <laughs> thing when you're sharing a horror movie with a person yeah. and you know yeah. the exact moment yeah. it's yeah. happening. You scared um, him. Number four is the coin toss with Carla Jean from yep. No Country for Old Men. Yeah, yeah. 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 Okay, cool. And it works because they also, in an equally suspenseful scene, did the coin toss scene at the shop at the beginning of the movie. Yeah. And then they play and just, oh, and it's mm-hmm. a dialogue scene. It's like that scene in Spider-Man Homecoming. You're just like, Fuck. Where's it going to go? Mm-hmm. Number three is the entire of Don't Breathe. <gasps> <gasps> yes. Which is yeah, just right, a yeah. panic attack and anxiety in in, in a single movie. See. And like they, they have a night vision scene. Mm. They have even just when the, the main guy comes back, he leaves and you're like, you could have done. And he comes back for the girl and he's yeah. there and they do like the guy walks past him in the hallway. And you're <laughs> like, it's just so good. Yeah. Uh, I will admit there, I, I completely forgot about it. Ten Cloverfield Lane. Oh, yes, oh, yeah. yes, oh, yeah. yes. Uh, my number two is getting the phone from Panic Room. <gasps> I, yes. I don't I yell at the screen very often. Yeah. And I this is a sequence that had me yelling at the screen because I was like, I get it. The whole sequence is in slow-mo. 
and it's like it, it's Jody's so reaching, much she's reaching, tension. and it's just yeah. like, no, no. and then running up the stairs, yeah. and the music, it's yeah. just phenomenal. It's one of my favorite thrillers of all time. I love it so much. Yes. Uh, and number one, and I'm sure this would be on Zane's number one. Or at least in his top five somewhere, it's the tavern scene from Inglorious Bastards. Oh, yeah. Of course, it yeah. is a twenty-five minute protracted scene of ratcheting up if the you, suspense. Honestly, if you just did this instead of this, yeah. But have fine. you read a theory? There what? is a theory on the internet how it's not even the fingers that gave it away. Oh. He knew it before because oh. the, the, he never says that's what gave it away. That's what. Um, Diane Kruger's character says it's actually something oh, else. Yeah. And <gasps> and you read that and you're like, oh, that's kind of good and it works. It's that scene and hit and Tarantino did it because he was specifically accused of never being able, he was like, he's really good at this, 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 but he will never be good at tension. Ah. And so he was like, fine. So literally the like, first scene of the movie. Accepted. First scene of the movie. Well, first scene of the, the yeah. movie, even. But in that scene. But yeah. the tavern scene, yep. he was like, just 25. This scene is so long, and yet there is not one moment where it feels protracted. No. And boy, it's so brilliant. I love it to pieces. So that's my top five. Oh, and that's our mystery and suspense episode. Ooh. Thank you so much for listening. If you have some suspenseful scenes from movies you like, let us know. You can let's find know. us on social media at uh and twitter and instagram at pick strangers <laughs> now we have to bring up we have had a fan email us uh siobhan if you are listening to this we really really appreciate you emailing us yes thank you however uh she did from the the byline on the, the message center a pitch for a, a, a movie which is a really cool thing but because we are content creators ourselves legally we technically can't read that kind of thing because we may make something that has a relation to it, especially if it's yep. something we're talking about on the podcast. So we really mm. appreciate, we really appreciate the fan interaction and taking the time to write something for us. But Siobhan, if you're a Brisbaneite, if you're in the area, if you're just chilling out in Brisbane, yeah. come on down and do the pitch yourself. Why not? Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm we'll make a pitch episode about it. And, yes. then, yeah. and then I can on. finally do my Kirby episode. Yes. <laughs> Siobhan, we need you. Uh, <laughs> but thank you so much, Siobhan, for reaching out. You were literally our first listener to reach out. Well, I mean, everyone else is reaching out as well. We're knocking back the request. We're like, well, <laughs> yeah. fans, calm down. Yeah. Everyone's uh, here. They're just knocking down my away. door. My yeah. hookup queue is just through the roof. <laughs> not really. <laughs> Hey, I'm a podcaster. <laughs> uh, yeah. It, no lie, it is the first line on my Tinder bio. It's, <laughs> I, it's Tinder I host bio. a podcast oh, yeah. that's sexy, right? <laughs> Funnily yeah. enough, it has gotten me more interactions on dating apps because it is a really good icebreaker. It is. So there you go. They're like, what's the podcast about? Oh, well, it's about movies. And, and then it stops there. And it stops there <laughs> and, and then like... Uh, but thank you so much. Uh, if you uh, And you can find me on Twitter at Shane M underscore Anson and I'm on Letterboxd at 24 frames. I log and review pretty much everything I watch, movies and miniseries-wise, everything that's on Letterboxd to and log TV and review. And TV time as well. Uh, TV time. I'm on TV yeah. time at Director 91. I do not know what my TV time is. I'll look that up and put that for next Shane episode. <laughs> Something like um, that. And my Twitter is that Sundance Katie or Caps and Letterboxd and TV time, I think, is both Joshua Greek. If TV time might be that Sundance kid as well, so just figure it out. I'll let you know. <laughs> See, I don't have enough social media to be confused by it. Uh, I'm on Instagram. Log your film choices, Sean. <laughs> I, uh, I will. I use, okay, so back, back, back in the 2000s, I was all up in the IMDb but I know. life is behind me now. I'm a new man. Now I'm just on Instagram. You're on the Chance Star. 
And you can, you can, you can also, no, we've already plugged road curtain. Now fuck it. <laughs> Just find me on Instagram guys. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you guys very much for listening. And you'll hear from us again next week. The Bye. greatest mystery is where is Becca? Yeah. Well, you, you can't find it guys. You can't. I'm really. <laughs> Bork, hello. Bork, bork, hi. You know what you need to be doing? You need to be listening to the Floof and Popper podcast. I'm Mel. I'm Taylor. And we're going to talk about all things dogs. Dog stories. Dog breeds. Dog tips and tricks. Dog puns. Dog jokes. Dog everything. Out if you're not listening. Uh, hit us up at the Floof and Popper podcast wherever you get your podcast. Tune in. Uh, that's not kind of productions podcast. Isn't it curious that every member of your family has a different voice? That a baby can recognize their mother's voice from inside the womb? That identical twins have the exact same vocal cords but usually don't sound similar? And teenagers can sense the tone of their dad's voice when he says, I'll think about it. Even over WhatsApp. I'll think about it. Let your family follow their curiosity with unlimited data when you bring everyone's plans together on Vodafone's multi-mobile red family plan. Get a third plan for only 15 euro per month. 12 month contract, 15 euro per month. Max speed 10 megabits per second applies when you add red unlimited SIM only as a third plan with red family. See Vodafone.ie for full terms. Your cousin's talking about the new lottery app. Huh. You can pick your numbers by just shaking your phone now, apparently. And maybe then you think, well, if someone's going to win it, why not me? Shake, pick and play with the new app. The National Lottery. It could be you. Play responsibly, play for fun.